Hello and welcome to the Really Good Travel Guide podcast. Each episode we give you the inside scoop on accessible travel with tips on how to travel with a disability but without the stress. My name is John Fletcher and like many of you, I'm a disabled traveller who loves seeing the world from a different angle. In this episode, join me now as I talk to Chris Woods of Flying Disabled as we talk about the Air for All system that he is involved in the design of. And we also talk about the UK government's proposed regulations for the aviation industry. So join us now. Now I've got Chris Woods and his son Jordan. Are you Jordan? Yeah, Jordan's here. He's uh, he's acknowledging you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great to hear. Anyway, Chris is. I'm going to just tell you a little bit about him because he is the most amazing guy. Uh, you're the member of the Civil Aviation Authority. Access to all. Sorry, Access to Air Travel Advisory Group. Uh, he's a member of the Heathrow Access Advisory Group. Uh, he's a full-time consultant in a aviation accessibility with his own company, which is called Flying Disabled. Uh, and he's a member of the Air for All Consortium, plus which he's a family man with two grown-up kids with full-time wheelchairs so um, let's add another one to that jonathan so on, uh, <laughs> i'm all for adding for this so i'm also uh, one of the four people that is got the right flights campaign hashtag or rights on flights sorry um so that's myself sophie morgan and josh winterskill it's the four of us pushing um in many many levels um and oh. a lot of it secret I don't blame you because over the last two weeks, I think I've done more talking about access in the aviation industry than anything else. Uh, in fact, yesterday I was doing an interview with a travel journal and somehow it got diverted onto that. <laughs> it often does because there's a lot of noise out there at the moment. There is. There is. So... You launched the overall accessible wheelchair space at the Hamburg Air Show a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yes, not far away. <coughs> Nearly, oh. just over a month ago. <laughs> yeah. So, since then, it seems that the whole of the world of accessible travel has come alive talking about the Air for All wheelchair space I, I don't think i've ever seen so many questions so many comments and a lot of them are really positive as well so uh, a large majority really i have yeah very positive there's a lot of questions and i expect that um the launch was incredible um and it's obviously in the aviation arena 
and um, I, I'm pretty confident now this is going to happen. So a lot of the questions, hopefully you've got some of those in your uh, locker today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did start answering them on social media, but I just got a slippery slope because there was just so many questions and I could not manage it. So hopefully when we do you know, things like this, and I've done a few others, is that those questions will come out. But I think when we do that global Q&A, they'll, they'll be there. There's actually, there's actually not a lot of questions. There's a lot of deviation in the same question. It's yeah. a bit like a journalist saying, I've got one question for you in three parts. You know, you just know that. That's three questions, right? Oh, yes, I, I know that feeling. Um, <laughs> just to give you some of the feedback that we've had, um, one person said, I pray that this gets done very soon. Yeah. Um, because people in wheelchairs, as I am, and thousands more, deserve to travel by plane just like any other traveller. Another one put, uh, this would be great. The last time they took a flight, their power chair was supposed to be in Florida and they were in Indiana. And uh, <laughs> I know yeah. that feeling. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a holiday on a stretcher, basically. You're in a bed, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and another one put, I like the look of this. I can keep my wheelchair with me and not worry. So exactly. It, really getting people's imagination fired up. Good, good, good. So, what is the Air for All space and how does it work? Um, so give you a bit of background as to Air for All are. So, and it's, and it's extremely important to know who are the people behind this. So, we have three of us and one of those is me, one of the inventors, and we have um a company called SWS Certification, Nigel Smith. Now, they certify anything that goes in an aircraft, okay, whether that be a seat track, a fire extinguisher, yeah. an ashtray. Yeah, well, we still have ashtrays. Uh, um, and the other people is Priestman Goods. And Priestman Goods are one of the biggest designers of aircraft interior cabins in the world. So I am, in many respects, simply standing on the shoulder of giants. So... When we, uh, when we looked at this, it came from three perspectives. Can we get it on the plane uh, as we go through the design? Is it suitable for wheelchairs? And obviously we can, I, I can on that and look at that. And, um, and thirdly, um, will it fit the aviation model? And the aviation model, um, it, it's a battle. Um, but it's one we have to recognise because, you know, most of the world travel flying is so cheap now, and you know it. it's And there's there's another thing to consider. Um, so what's an aeroplane? It's a thing flying around the sky at thirty thousand feet, reaching speeds in the region of five hundred miles an hour, and inside that metal tube is a pressurised cabin holding in excess of two people and those 200 people are sitting on around 40,000 gallons of jet fuel so one would argue it's, it's pretty much a bomb isn't it so safety is paramount and we have to incorporate all of that however my argument is to the regulators that when we look at someone like your, my son and my daughter and all those people that are probably popping the questions over social media 
it's not a safe way for travel for us. You know, this is a passenger seat we're not used to, uh, is not our life. And secondly, um, it, it's, it, you know, there's pressure shores, there's all sorts of things that come into the place. So we are not being offered the same sort of safety that everybody else is being offered. Does that make sense, Jonathan? That makes total sense. I think, you know, people often uh, forget that behind every innovation, there has to be the safety. Um, you know, I, I always joke that, uh, you know, the amount of times I take my parachair on a, on a plane and I have to leave it, and it goes underneath, um, to me, that's probably not the safest place to, for it to be. No, <laughs> because uh, you don't, you just don't know what's going to happen to it. Whereas, if you're sat in it, if anything is going to happen, you're going to know about it straight away. So it's yeah. There's two things there. You're going to know about it straight away, um, and but but uh, back to that. You know, what an aircraft is. We're now trying to put a huge battery on a vehicle, a, a mobility device inside that environment, which is yeah, not yeah. easy. So, you know, in many respects, you know, when people ask, will, will my wheelchair fit on this aircraft? Then every wheelchair is on the table at the moment. Every single wheelchair. We haven't decided this is not an apartheid system. We haven't decided who comes on, but it has to be safe. And there's a model called WC19 you may be aware of, Jonathan, um, yeah. which has got lots of safety standards. Now, a lot of that comes from the automobile industry, which we should be able to copy and paste across to the aviation regulars, regulators because they recognize that that is... Um, a, a good benchmark for them to use. So they're not going to crash test a few things there. Some of the testing will not be necessary because they can copy and paste it across. But whose wheelchair we can we can get in, I don't know, but we are using WC19 currently as the first point of contact. Yeah. So really what we're seeing now is the just one version there may be further versions. There are there are other there are other models um, that we're going to bring forward because let's take the wheelchair out of the frame for the moment. So airline aircraft have different what we call lopers or layouts of passenger accommodation and configurations inside the cabin. If you think of a large twin aisle aircraft, there's lots of room on there. There's lots of ways we can. Uh, manipulate and change that yeah still got the challenges that we have to get around and then if you look at a single aisle aircraft where uh, i think it's sort of like ryanair and EasyJet and the, the small budget airlines they have chris I, i'm gonna smack your fingers you promised me you wouldn't swear oh well there you go i did we have to consider the devil themselves sometimes um but they configurations are literally three seats at the front straight into the exit door. So, yeah. you know, it, it's good and bad. It offers different challenges. So all I'm saying is there's the aircraft. Every airline has a very unique um, uh, configuration of their seating. I, I know one of the questions that we've been asked a lot is um, getting the power chair through the door of the aircraft. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are worrying, is that door going to be wide enough? Is the, 
Is yeah. the aisle going to be wide enough? Oh, you can't go up the aisle. That's not going to happen. That's why this, this system has been made front row. Right. On a single aisle aircraft, we've done the front row because airlines, if you cast your mind back 20, 30 years, if you had to travel a distance, it was a jumbo. It was a, it was a twin aisle wide-bodied aircraft. Now, oh, lovely. the single aisle aircraft, well, you can go from London to New York. Um, so, in other words, over the years, they've increased their ability to travel further and further across the world. So that's what airlines are buying. And therefore, that's why we've chosen, in many ways, Jonathan, it's the hardest nut to crack. Because we've got a lot more space to fiddle about on a wide body, not got a lot on a single aisle. But they will that's never, right. as I speak at the moment, unless airlines decide to take some seats out and wild, wild, widen the aisle, good luck with that. Um, then it will always be the front row. We're never going to rule out aft at the rear row, but at the moment, you know, trigger other innovations, Jonathan. Once we get this through, then it's a bit like, oh yeah, people often say on social media, we can get a man on the moon, but we can't get a wheelchair on an aircraft. I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, what a lot of people, you know, don't realise is once we get this one through, it's going to trigger off so many more innovations. And it's so a great we... analogy because I'm old enough to remember watching on black and white TV, stepping on the moon. It was black and white. There was sketchy, it was scratchy pictures. I think they were on, on there for maybe 30 minutes. Um, and then fast forward a few years, they're on the moon. It's beautiful colour pictures. They're driving around in buggies and playing golf. So, you, we have to... so this is a moonshot. You know, yeah, in, in many respects. I think, you know, it's like you, you've just taken me back to one of my passions, which is space travel. Um, mm. uh, I, I, like you, uh, I grew up in the Apollo era. And, How old are you? Uh, know? I, oh, well, let's put it this way. I'm a year older than you. <laughs> oh, you're 62 then. You're 22. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm still a big kid. I still... Oh, I love it, Jonathan. I'm with you all the way. Yeah. You know, every, every, every opportunity, you know, if I see a, a, a launch going up, I know I'm going to be sat there at two o'clock in the morning still watching the rockets go up. And it just makes me chuckle. The... Elon Musk, take my money. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just ruining it. Yeah, well, um, but I must admit, what does make me rather chuckle is we've got these fantastic new rockets. However, we've now gone back into the 60s with the uh, spacesuits, and they've gone into Thunderbirds. <laughs> they have a little bit, and, they, which is, and we all love it, don't we, Jonathan? And we all absolutely love oh, it. Oh, so dear. Great. So we, we've got slightly off the subject there, but yeah. that. That's a way of things with the Wheelie Travel Guide podcast. You know, we do like to yeah. hear off occasionally. Let's bring it back to the knitting. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the questions that a lot of people are going to be asking is, how are you going to secure the chairs? Um, so we're working with a company called Keystraight um, in the States. Again, most, most of the restraints are tested for... Um, the automotive for the car industry and they are tested beyond aviation testing so we can use um if you saw on the video we have a four point connection to the floor at the moment 
Um, again, this is not set in stone because the idea of launching that at AIX was, yes, A, to see, look, it can be done, is to go back. What are we getting from the airlines? What are we getting from the industry? What are we getting from the community? And, and we need all of those things to get it right. And that, because we were going to use like a little dog leg with a pin, because some wheelchairs have a pin underneath. Um, and we thought that could work, but it's not very common. So we've gone back to restraints, and uh, that seems to be worked quite well. And that's how we will uh, retain the wheelchair. The wheelchair does not touch the seat. If the um, challenge here, the seat that we've created with the flip up, that's easy. That we can certify that. That is easy. As soon as, as soon as it interacts with that wheelchair, we are disrupting the um, uh, the seat. But it doesn't touch the seat. But it, this is a strange one. The regulators have never had to deal with anything like this. So, as one of the engineers said, Chris, we're going to be in American accent. Chris, we're going to be the first to do this, first to do that, first to do that, and we are. And so we're still working it out. You know, um, we we know what they are, but we're still going to get through them. I think it's, it's absolutely amazing. And you know, like like you said earlier, everything's being safety tested. Yeah. So, you know, it, I was trying to explain this to um, my next door neighbour and he said, well, you know, what sort of G-force? I said, well, you probably could put it on a, onto a, a rocket and it would still be safe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they initiate a four-point harness as well. So uh, me and my son have travelled by plane many times Um uh, I think the last one was Abu Dhabi, wasn't it, too? I think the last one we went to the Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi. And I can tell you, when we come into land, I have to put my left hand across his body. Otherwise, the, yeah, the, the, the forces you come into land, he has the core strength, and so he'll flop forward. So uh, to get around that and to get around many things, it's just use a four-point harness, isn't it? It's very simple. Yeah, it's, it's, the, the answers are all there. It's just that... Is it seems piecing to it together, Jonathan. Piecing it together. Yeah. yeah, and I think that it's taken a long time for people to realise that it can be done. You know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and I think you know, as somebody said to me, "How has nobody ever come up with this before?" Because they didn't have the people around me like I have, um, and it's as simple as that. And I've gone to aviation over the last eight years, and understood their industry understood where are the challenges it's no point me going in there waving a stick and calling them all everything no let's understand why the challenge and they're very aware they need to put the house into order as well because they are behind other uh, yeah they're not inclusive let's be clear let's say it like it is and they want to be there a desire to be the amount of airlines we had in the booth when we're when we were at hamburg was testament to the appetite is there, but they're still going to watch it. They're going to watch as it develops and, and it gets into inception. And as, so there'll be a point between now and the next 18 months, might be a bit longer, might be a bit less. I'll be pushing to fast track this. Um, is um, As soon as it gets to a point, one of them will go, right, we're having that, and then it'll be a domino effect. I think so. And you've got uh, Delta Airline products haven't you as well well it's delta flight products which are a subsidy yeah. delta 
and um, yes, they are they're, they're building it. It's a collaboration between a design house, a certification house, and me, um, a user-led experience, and, and a bunch of engineers and manufacturers. That's what it is. So uh, it sounds like we'll certainly be seeing it on the Delta Airlines if it gets to go ahead. Um, I can never say that. Uh, I think there might be others. <laughs> uh, there's other things. It might be an alliance, Jonathan, of airlines. Well, it's yeah, more, exactly. yeah, that's kind of why. Because I don't want this on one airline. I want it yeah. on every airline. Otherwise, we have a broken journey. And the other thing we have to remember here is I think there's some pressure from the DOT in the States to get this done. And um, and the other one, of course, is whilst yeah, we travel around Europe, if you go to the States, they use aircraft like we use buses and planes. So okay. oh. the, it, it's <laughs> carnage over there for a wheelchair user, absolute carnage. So yeah, there's, there is the emphasis really coming from all angles to get this done. There, well, it's a business case as well. It's costing some of these airlines in the you know, tens of millions a year to do, oh. to repair place wheelchairs you know if we can stop that suddenly they've got more on the bottom line so what's wrong well, you know it, it shouldn't be rocket science to work that one out and if pr is good the branding is good operationally it'll be less costly um i mean did, whether you saw over certainly over you know over the social media channels Delta Flight Products have got a presence on LinkedIn. As I say, they're just a bunch of engineers and incredibly clever, and they also are a manufacturing house. So they haven't got the greatest presence on social media, and people couldn't find them. So Delta Airlines found themselves in a tricky position because certainly I saw it on Twitter and LinkedIn that people were saying, well done, Delta, this is brilliant, because they could only find Delta Airlines. So they had a strange conundrum because... Uh, the wheelchairs are users in America only ever contact Delta when they've got a broken wheelchair and it gets <laughs> slaughtered. And suddenly Delta are going, oh, my God, they're loving us. We're not used to this. How yeah. do we react? <laughs> and, and, of course, a lot of the press didn't do their homework because some journalists are like that. They couldn't work out the difference between Delta Fly products and Delta airlines. But it's totally different. One of the funniest things is that um, I... You know, like I use my wheelchair nearly all the time, um, and I have a, a very good relationship with my uh, supplier of the wheelchair, who um, is quite well versed to putting things right for. <coughs> yeah. And uh, unfortunately, just before my last flight to uh, New York, I know it wasn't New York. It was. Barcelona, there you go, Barcelona it was, and um, I came out of the uh, plane, and I got my chair back, and I looked, and the loan chair that I had <coughs> from the company had been damaged, and I was like, oh no, how do I explain this to them? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, most most people that travel a lot do have a good relationship, and we have work. We're working with Sunrise Medical as well, so and they're they're fully on board, signed up from the top. And they couldn't believe the social media reaction to to what we put out. I mean, even Priestman Good 
you know, and they're uh, in your face. They use social media. They're an arty design house. I mean, they were just like bombarded they'd never seen anything like this the outpouring of love and oh please i got a few naysayers but i'm always going to get that you know yeah, yeah. I, I, it's quite it's quite funny because like i said earlier this this last two weeks i seem to have done more media about uh the aviation industry and we'll probably talk a little bit about that before before we finish but uh, you know it's sort of there has been this real upsurge in interest into making <coughs> air travel so much more accessible. Yeah, um, and people are highlighting even more now. And we there's a, a surge of um, people travelling by air as post-COVID, and that oh, goes yeah. hand in hand with the disabled community who want to fly. So we're seeing a lot more um, posts about, you know, it's good to see when they go right, and that's great, and I applaud that. Um, but equally, yeah, you don't like seeing the ones that go wrong. A couple of more of the questions that I've been asked about the space itself is one of them was, will travellers be able to recline their chairs? And the answer to that is yes. Yay! <laughs> how far, how far, we don't know. No. But we know that's one of the demands of the community. And so we are addressing it. That's that's really good news. How far that tilt would, would, would be allowed? And then another one, and you can always bet in the disabled com community, we always ask the same question: is are they still going to be able to mobilise to take themselves to the toilet? This is a toilet thing. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm going to wear my tin hat here. Um, I, I know a vast amount of members of the people in the community who travel with power wheelchairs and who travel with um, manual wheelchairs. And I decided of the research that I'd done that most people that are most unsafe and uncomfortable and suffer when they travel by air are those people in power wheelchairs because they have thoracic supports quite often. There's lots of um, things that are on there to make their life um, uh, their their ability to to sit properly to, to to have that support, and then I looked at and I talked to people in manual wheelchairs and said, "Look, do you really want to sit in your flight for you know seven hours, twelve hours?" Go, oh no, no, I sit in a passenger seat. And you know, we look at the Paralympians; most of them have got extra upper body strength and can can slide along to an aircraft seat. But there's this grey bit in the middle, isn't there, Jonathan? Yeah. There's this, there's this grey bit in the middle, and I know one or two power wheelchairs who users who would prefer to sit in the passenger seat. I'd say, great, you still have that option. And vice versa with manual wheelchair users who would actually like to sit in their chair because it is there's quite a lot of thoracic support on there as well. So uh, under the heading, you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. I will do my level best to try and incorporate that. But as we talked earlier, organically, that could well change. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a process. The, the other big question I've been asked, um, this is one from several of our followers, has been, Will travellers using the space still have access to the entertainment system? Because we all know you get into that point of the flight where 
there's nothing really to look out out the window. There's always that film that you want to see. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> but but think about it. How many people now actually come on with their own devices? I don't. <laughs> so there's an argument in a lot of lace, uh, debate in a lot of airlines, especially the. I mean, you don't see them on the the short routes, the budget airlines. There's no IFE on there, um, or very rarely that they have them on live bodies. And most people, you know, I did a flight a couple of months ago, and a guy's name. He's got his iPad out and he's watching, I don't know, uh, Barbie, because he's not right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> oh, dear. We, we, we're going to have all the Barbie fans uh, emailing me. But oh, you dear. understand that kind of dilemma. But yeah. the answer is yes, we would like to have IFE. However, I go back to the, the layout of passenger accommodation, the LOPA, and the configuration of the airline. If it's at the front of the airline and there's zero in front of you, apart from a pilot's door and a bit of a galley, no. But if there's what we call a monument or a wall in front of you, then yeah. But if you saw um, when Virgin, Sophie was in her space in a manual wheelchair and the center console lift up, produces a table, it will also lift up and produce IFE. Oh, that's right. Nice. Nice. I, you, I have a big soft spot for Virgin, uh, Virgin Atlantic. Yeah, no, they've always been the airline community, and I can tell you now they're built. I've seen the people they're hiring, and many of them I know, and they are building that accessibility tag higher and higher now. They've got a good team around them at Virgin Atlantic, exactly. and of course, Virgin Atlantic is partly owned by uh, Delta Airlines. They have a, a financial interest in Virgin. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I have to admit, I have a big spot for all things Voyagers. Um, Virgin Voyagers are one of my favourites. Well. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, you're going to go down the space route here, aren't you? No, no. I, I, every, time I see, every time I see Richard, he runs a mile because he knows I'm going to ask him, can I be the first wheelchair user in space? And he works, he uh, press runs. conferences. No. <laughs> right. I've not met him yet. Uh, I, I tend to bump into him on ships, and he sort of runs a mile. <laughs> so, I mean, I get the impression you you know of know him. No, I wish I did. I wish oh, I did. Right. <laughs> so, I'm going to slightly take us off the air for all now, and um, just have a little chat with you about what you think about the government proposals for the airline regulations. Specifically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah tell me what part. Well, the, the, dis the disability accessible parts. Um, you know, I, I looked at them and I, I think that's a lot of nice words, but... Did you understand it? Uh, you, 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 pretty no. much so. No, pretty much so. But I just think there was a lot of things like we'll do training. Yeah, right. it's not it's not good no. enough. We need the CAA to have the power to find airlines. And until we have that, I think the reality is, as I said in a post on LinkedIn, they're kicking the fuel tank down the runway because yeah. there's... 18, possibly 18 months before the next election, might be shorter. And if you take away holidays and summers where 
um, Parliament stops to get this through. Um, so I don't think it'll happen. I, I, I looked at it and I, there was like things like we're going to train the uh, baggage handlers uh, to look after mobility equipment. I went, well, yeah, who's going to train them? Who's and this is the other problem. There's, there's so many different types of training in around yeah. aviation and travel in general. I think it's, um, it's a happy place for a lot of people um, with access and want to consult on accessibility. Training is a happy place. And what that happens is you get so many different training modules but it becomes, it doesn't become harmonised anymore. No. So what happens at um, Heathrow will be totally different. You land at Dublin or Stockholm or uh, LAX. So yeah, good luck with that. I, I, I think there's a lot to be, you know, I, I looked at it and I thought, well, there's a lot of promises. Um, but they they did the same thing. They've done this for years, and I was at that round table, the ministerial round table held by our aviation minister, who I know, um, Baroness uh, Charlotte Veer, and I, we were sitting there, a few, I know most of the people in that room, and I'm quite used to it, so I'm sitting there and go, you've had all this information for years and years via consultations, via talking to people like me directly, and still you go out and ask the same questions. If we look back on a Channel 4 documentary from 2012, just before the Paralympics, it's the same story. Here we are, what, yeah. 10, yeah, 10, 11 years on. So what's changed? Well, it's about to happen. Change is about to happen. We've got the infrastructure. There's other people that are close to me dealing with the, the, exactly what the government are trying to do only they can't do it because they've got no real appetite. So it's not going to happen. But after that meeting, we went straight over the road and had a, had a, a very good chat with Keir Starmer and his team, and they're all over this. Politicians are funny people, though. They change and they move, yeah, and yeah. there's no consistency, and it drives me mental. You have a good minister, uh, and we had a very good aviation minister and a lady called Baroness, Lady uh, Baroness Sugg, who was absolutely fantastic and on board, knew the direction. And also we had a very good disability minister. Some would argue he, she did nothing in Penny Morden, but I found her to do a lot for me. Um, but I'm, you know, the, the trouble with aviation, it was the good thing about aviation. I, you know, it's a very small niche group of people because um, you have to handle, you know, forget what goes on at Heathrow. You have to understand what goes on at New York, what goes on in other areas. This is international. This is not a train going up north and south. This is so complex. And it is a challenge. These airlines once a year to bugger off to Spain. Yes. I think this is one of the problems we, we have is that, you know, like yourself, I, I tend to travel a, a lot and I probably use planes a lot more than most people yes okay. you go around the world and you see different you know the different attitudes so for example if i go to miami the assistance is totally different to if i go to heathrow um, yeah i don't always have not always had the best experience of Heathrow but 
There's a lack of consistency all over the place. I see it all over yeah. the world. It's yeah. a lack of consistency. Everybody's trying to do the same thing on on sheets. And ultimately, as as I pointed out the other day, I was speaking. Where was I? God, I've lost track of this week. But I said, look, no, nobody in baggage handling or ground handling or whatever these people that handle our chairs, they don't get up in the morning and go, do you know what? I'm going to smash Jonathan's wheelchair today. Yeah. They're working in a broken system. It's so hard. And do you know what? I'm in the world of wheelchairs and. I really have to look very hard if I need to switch that from uh, into uh, where it can just be pushed. And so it comes off and I'm, I'm kind of, my, my brain's I, So you know what, I mean, so it can be pushed. I know exactly how you feel because my partner is also in the wheelchair. Um, he knows all the buttons on my wheelchair. He knows exactly how to disempower it yeah me i haven't got a clue (laughs) (laughs) but it's that so you take a baggage handler and he's um he's just come from something from invercare into something with sunrise and something they're all going to be different and and we're looking at ways around that we have ideas around that um that can change that for uh ground crew and you'll find a lot of the assistant staff can be very transitional as well. So it's not it's not the best paid job in the world. Um, so they can be very transitional, which is not great. They should be paid more. First and foremost, they're doing a fantastic job in a broken system. You know, yeah. they should be paid. There's, there's a lot needs to, to change, really. But yeah. it, it's every little bit helps. And yeah. like, like I've said about Air uh, for All, this is going to be such a game changer because it is it's that first step. You know, it is. Somebody once said, on every big journey starts with a single step. It does. Yeah. Um, in your questions there, have you got, are they going to charge me the price of economy? Is that in your list? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's another one. Or am I going to have to pay for business class? <sighs> well, I don't know. Why, why is it? So the disabled community is saying, oh, they're going to, because it's a premium economy and there's a reason we did that, I'm going to be charged a premium economy price. So I know a lot of people in wheelchairs that travel in business class. Why can't we put a similar system in business class? And they'll happily pay. Yeah. So why rule out that? But more importantly, it will be it's commercial airlines, price and commerciality. So if we look uh, directly at the air for all seat, it's going to be driven by the airline and what they want to charge. So bugger me, if someone's going to premium economy price for that seat, two seats, I think they're going to get, they're going to have a stiff word by social media. Yeah, the airlines will be going. No, we've been out of touch for years. We're going to do a beta test. We're going to—I don't know. Let's throw something in the air. Um, um, my son pays for his seat, but I'll go with him for fifty percent because I can look after his safety. So he'll get charged an economy price, full economy price, and I'll get fifty percent off because I'm his carer, I'm his dad, whatever you want to. And I would assist him on and off the aircraft. I will assist him in the cabin, so cabin crew don't have to. How does that sound? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's, you know, like, like you say, 
it's one of those questions where if you look at what uh, the train companies have done, um, a lot of the train companies now, the accessible seat is actually in first class. It's where everybody puts their suitcases when you want Yes. <laughs> I, I think Jordan will know what I mean when I say, I, I look at them and I go, uh, you've got two choices, move, move your suitcase or I roll over it. I'm quite pragmatic about that. And if I was, uh, you know, if I was, even though Jordy and Taylor were with me and I had two suitcases and that space was free, yeah, great. But I'd move them as soon as somebody came on board. Yeah. So I think we have nice in this world and go yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with that um that, it's yeah. when someone decides not to bloody move them then jonathan by all means crash into uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good fun as well you know I, it's, it's, it's just... really good fun especially to, it's my toes <laughs> more importantly <laughs> yeah oh yes <clears throat> but that's uh. my that's my bad behavior <laughs> sounds like a plan Jonathan. sounds like a plan Anyway, it's been great talking to you, Chris. And, and Pleasure, great, talk, and great talking to you as well, Jordan, because I'm sure you are going to make sure your dad gets this. Push through. And if the CAA know what's good for them, they will say yes to this. PDQ. Um, they are right behind us. The writers are right behind them, uh, right behind us. Uh, they're helping us. They're saying, what do you need, Chris, um, uh, Dan, and Nigel, the three of us? We've got the FAA right behind us as well. So, you know, across the pond, we have a special relationship. It's a, three British companies working with, uh, well, as it happens, several American companies. So yeah. It, yeah. it's a great joint effort. The regulators are behind this. They know they need to be done. They are getting pressurised. I think certainly in the States, in this country, the DFT don't really do a great deal. Um, they just drink coffee and do consultations. Um, so I think it's more likely to be pushed from the American side. In fact, one of our members is in the White House on Tuesday and she's going to, uh, there's a press release over there. With none of us know what it is. I've got an idea what it is, but we really don't know. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see. Tuesday might be another low, uh, another little step for us as we move forward. But um, I've got no idea. Can, can I just ask how, sort of, what sort of timeline are we looking at that we might be able to get, start seeing the air for all spaces onto planes? So if I said to you 18 months to two years, because I'll give you that figure. As I said, I'm going to try and fast track this. When I'm in the room with the regulator, I'll be pushing the safety aspect. I'll be pushing the DOT, who are leaning on them. And, and certainly in America, the people like Tammy Duckworth and other uh, members of the Senate, uh, I think, or the House of Representatives are, uh, are, are going to push this. But the bottom line is, Jonathan, they've had nothing to push before now. There's no, there's, there has been no solution. And as one journalist from the Fast Company said in a big headline, airlines no more excuses this works for you and so with that in mind um yeah i'm going to say 18 months for two years but i'll also back me with it goes yeah there might be something we come across that we haven't thought of and there's always that in innovation isn't there jonathan um, um what's, what's one airline sets the sets the trend 
I am sure other airlines are going to follow because it it has to. But otherwise, you have an unharmonized journey, Jonathan. If I get yeah. me and my son get off a flight in New York and we board a different airline in New York to say go to Chicago, and that doesn't have the system, what happens? You know, it, yeah, it's a broken system. So by by doing what we're doing and trying to harmonize everything, then as about one airline doing it, it's about every airline doing it. So there is a method in my madness to make sure government are involved, the regulators are involved, the community are involved and shouting loud and, and, um, and saying, we want this, we want this, we want this. And um, yeah, it should happen, um, I think. I, th I think we're, we're seeing a revolution in travel. Uh, it's been needed. <laughs> it, it's been long overdue hasn't it and um airlines have really not i won't do you know what jonathan i i kind of many years ago i decided to go to your aviation to, to sort this and there is in the supply chain and in airlines um, people come up to me and say here's my card chris i work for such and such a company who i will know or such and such an airline look we need this solved my niece is got ms and every time she flies i'm embarrassed we really need to get this sorted so here's my card if i open the door i will so you know all the supply chain and everybody in the airlines there's a lot of people there who are who can change things and thankfully a lot of them help me um, because they know it needs to be done so a lot of it is done um under the radar that's the best way i could say you know and it's just, yeah, there's so many stories I could tell. And when I write the book, I might do, but I'll still keep them quiet and won't say them. But, yeah, they've, they've really helped me along the way. It's the people in aviation, the community, and uh, you know, governments. There's been ministers that have been really good. And there's a, it's, a, it's a massive movement. If this doesn't work, then I don't know what will. Yeah. I, I, when you write that book, you'll have to have a title of, the longest overnight success. Yeah, and do you know what? I, I talk to people in aviation when we launched it who have launched innovative products in, in airlines. I said, it's taken eight years. And they said, that's really short in air travel, in aviation terms. That is actually quite short. So, yeah, it's, uh, but I don't know that, uh, but I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. I think, you, you know, I, I, I set up, uh, we need the travel company. 18 months ago and although I've been in the like yourself before I set up the really good travel company I've been in the travel industry for 10 years um, and I always joke that my the really good travel company started because I had a minor idea over breakfast um, which is not quite true because it fun for about 10 years okay and um i didn't break it to my partner until over breakfast one morning and my partner said to me what are you going to call it and i said really good trouble <laughs> nothing wrong with that and 18 months down the line here we still are <laughs> is that it's 18 months you've been going yeah well, 18 months as a really good travel company, but we still have part of the original cruise um, specialism as well, running alongside it. But, oh, right, okay. 
So how do you, so as a travel company, and so presumably you book flights for people, to, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we book flights, we create holidays, um, but we take it from a slightly different angle to most accessible travel companies. Um, okay. Most accessible travel companies look at the problems and then talk about the travel. We do it the other way. We talk about the travel and then we ask, what do you want us to do to make that happen? So, Jonathan, me and Jordy are going to ring you up because we want to go to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix this year. And we're going to say, uh, we'd like, can you sort us out accessible accommodation? And <laughs> when we went to Abu Dhabi, a little side story, I booked uh, an accessible taxi and uh, to take us from uh, Dubai to Abu Dhabi. And a bloke walked up with a transit van and a plank of wood. And I thought, OK, this is welcome to Dubai. Um, luckily, the road between Dubai and Abu Dhabi is as straight as a die. But if you're in another country, we forget how good we are here. You know, easily forget. That's a different culture, a different way of life. And I, there was Martin with us. And I looked at Martin and go, what? Wrong. So, and it, and it, got there and it was brilliant. But if oh. I came to you for that, what you want to do is be able to write a hotel. I know the, the airport. I know the flight. And now I can go online. I can go on to uh, Jonathan Fletcher Airlines and there'll be a little wheelchair spot right at the front of the aircraft. Wheelchair seat. You go, I'll have that one. Take that one as well. Job done. That, that <laughs> sounds like my idea of a perfect holiday. Because it's only airlines that break it. There's loads of assemblers. Yeah. Google and mapping wheelchairs around the cities. This is the broken bit in the seamless journey. Well, yes, and we can change that. Yeah. You know, it, it, the more the more of our travelling community who have disabilities can shout out, talk to their MPs, talk to the airlines, tell the airlines what you want. You know, be a part of this change because it's going to happen. I think the other thing I'd like to add is because yeah, this is my focus and quite my children. That's how I started it from two flights with them, one being Abu Dhabi, the other with my daughter to Mexico. Um, um, and this is my focus and this is what I try to learn and try to understand and strategize how to get this in. However, there are many other things we've got to deal with. And, uh, you know, there are people out there who are uh, uh, poor sight and blind and deaf and hard of hearing and autism, dementia and Alzheimer's, for God's sake. You know, that's a tough one. And you talk to airlines about that. And I say, look, you do realise these people, uh, the elderly is a good example. My mother can't book a flight now. I do it for her. The airport is now challenging for her. And I listened to a digital presentation by an airline. I won't say who it is. And I put my hand up and said, how's my mother going to fly with you? She's a loyal customer. She spent thousands and thousands of pounds with you over the years. And you don't want her to fly anymore. Am I reading that right? And yeah. hush around the room. <sighs> I, I think we always have to ask those difficult questions. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do it. I, I'm terrible for doing it. We were talking about Priestland Good earlier, um, Travel Trade Gazette uh, asked me to write a little piece and 
your colleague in Peace Been Good, did that in yep. peace. And uh, it was interesting to note that the only person who was saying, aren't we doing a good job, was the uh, airport. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I was thinking, are you not listening to us? No, absolutely not. Um, so, funny enough, if you go back, you might know this, um, but during the Paralympics, Priestman Good launched the access seat for an aircraft. Um, if you look it up, that was, um, and I remember that, Paul Priestman was behind that. And um, I think I went on the one show and I talked about it many, many years ago. Paul Romeo goes, thanks for the plug. And I just like, so Priestman Good had this in their DNA. Nigel has this in his DNA, and clearly I do. So this is lots of solutions as we move air for all on um we will like to look at no more yeah one right up there manual wheelchairs why do they keep getting broken should be in a flight case simple as that and there's enough people in there there's a great company that i've worked with over in the states who can produce plastics that are so strong but weigh nothing so we could do all of these things there are again there's challenges around that who owns it you know that's the but yeah, you know, it's it's just little things like that that we can move inside aviation to to structure this and and change travel um, for the better for the good and feels good. It feels really good. I, I can I, tell you along the way, there's been some headaches, but don't worry about that. I bet I bet there has. And I I understand you live in probably one of the uh, one of my favourite little places. I used to live down there as well in near Amersham. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I live just outside Cheshire to be precise. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to, uh, I used to make me giggle because I used to work at the hospital in Amersham. Um, yeah, live live on the premises. So if I wanted to impress anybody, I used to say I live in Old Amersham. Old Amersham. <laughs> now you're talking posh. Now you're talking posh. There's a difference between a bushy in there, and we we're talking. Yeah. About, yeah. <laughs> So it's all about that. Slough and Windsor. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all about that. Yeah, you know, you, I, I just didn't tell them I lived in the hospital, you know. <laughs> but nevertheless, <laughs> location, location, location. Yeah. So anyway, thank you ever so much, Chris, for your, pleasure, your Jonathan. time today. It's been great pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we're going to talk again because I'm sure this story is going to develop. And I, well, I there's some know. things coming out coming weeks uh, which if they come out right and they develop right then they'll go out on social media and um and i will do to get them out there jonathan so um yeah just keep an eye on that the trouble is this injury is full of non-disclosure agreements and you know I, as soon as we got this right i'm on social media about 10 blokes 10 no 10 10 people so there was some ladies some terrific women behind this as well going don't even think about it chris okay okay <laughs> uh, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. I I try not to sign non-disclosures anymore because it is so difficult. You know, if, I, and if there's I, a means I, to an end, then yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I get that. Cheers, Jonathan. Right. Have a great day, and thank you, as I say, for being a part of this. And I hope you'll come back. Yeah, I'll just shout Jonathan anytime. So from me and Geordie, and I can see he's we we due to watch the Grand Prix. So I think we're yes. going to be full on now. Um, a little bit of rain makes it more interesting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, you take care. Have a great time. Cheers, Jonathan. Have a good Saturday. 
You too. Bye now. Bye. Well, I think you'll agree the Air for All system is an exciting development that will give greater accessibility to disabled travellers. Now, if you want to explore the world, why not check out the great deals on wheeliegoodtravelcompany.com? As always, I love hearing from you, our followers, and it is great to read your comments on our social media posts. Did you know? We have a really good travel guide Facebook group. I'd love you to come along and uh, join us. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, why not leave us a comment, rate and review us, and don't forget to subscribe. Next week, we'll be looking at accessible sightseeing. So... Don't forget to listen to the Weedy Good Travel Guide podcast next week. Until then, keep on rolling! The Wheelie Good Travel Guide podcast is sponsored by Wheelie Good Travel Company. Check out their website at wheeliegoodtravelcompany.com.